Welcome to Dig Deep, the mining podcast. In this podcast, we go deep into mining news, hot topics, and live interviews with mining professionals and leading figures in the mining industry. Introducing your host, Rob Tyson, founder and director of Mining International and Mining International Executive, a leading global mining recruitment and headhunting agency. Hi, mining community. Welcome back to another episode of the Dig Deep, the mining podcast. And today's guest is Akiba Lisherman, who is the CEO of Mako Mining Corp, who are a publicly listed gold mining development and exploration company operating the high-grade San Albino gold mine in Nacarigua. Um, Akiba is a chemical engineer by background and has worked in investment banking and holds a few um, board roles. Um, and he's here today to tell us more about Mako Mining um, and what exciting things they've um, been up to and some more. So that's welcome, Akiba, to the uh, podcast. How are you doing, Akiba? Pretty good, Rob. That's good to hear. Um, right. Just wondered if you can um, give us a, a bit of an overview of your sort of background. I mean, should obviously you're, you're a chemical engineer by trade. Um, and you've been investment banking as well. Um, so just, just want to give us an overview of your career and how your career has developed to um, to sort of uh, current day. Uh, that, that's correct. So my undergraduate was in uh, was in chemical engineering. I actually wasn't a chemical engineer in the, the mining space. I actually started out in the, uh, the computer chip manufacturing area of uh, in Silicon Valley. Uh, then after I went to, to business school. Um, Completely randomly, I wound up in the uh, in the mining industry. Uh, initially, working for an investment bank, a uh, South African bank, but based uh, uh, here in New York. And then uh, after that job, I was employee number three of the Red Kite Mine Finance Groups, which are, are now both the the Red Kite and the Orion Private Equity um, uh, Funds, who have been tremendously successful on uh, on both sides. Uh, in 2011, I, I left to take over the uh, the precious metals portfolio of another private equity and hedge fund group called uh, Wexford Capital. Uh, Wexford is a hedge fund and private equity uh, group based out of the, the United States. And then really starting in 2014, I started to manage a few of their, their portfolio companies. Uh, and I've been uh, interim CEO initially of Mako Mining in March of 2019, and then full-time CEO uh, towards the end of 2019. So the management side and, and being the chief executive has really been a full-time job for me, uh, really for a little over two years at this point. Okay. So yeah, I wondered if you can give us uh, an overview of uh, Mako Mining, um, obviously since you, since you joined, but just give us uh, give the audience a uh, um, perspective of, of the company, what um, sort of how the company's developed um, and what you've been doing. Sure. So the way that I like to describe it uh, is that we're doing three things in northern Nicaragua. We have now commercialized what is the highest grade open pit mine uh, in the world. Um, we declared commercial production on July 1st. We just reported our first uh, quarter uh, of, uh, of commercial production um, a couple of, of weeks ago, uh, which laid out kind of the the costs that we're, we're experiencing right now in ramp up mode, which are ex- extremely low, but they're getting a hell of a lot lower. Um, now that we're uh, uh, approaching our initial nameplate capacity of 500 tons per day. But that was really the first of three steps of what we're doing uh, over at our San Albino project. Uh, secondly, we made a discovery uh, a few kilometers uh, south of San Albino, an area called Las Conchitas, 
Uh, and the objective over there is to delineate a maiden resource sometime in, in Q3 of uh, next year and actually to start mining it uh, contemporaneous with San Albino at the very end of next year. And then to be mining at 1,000 tons a day by early 2020. Uh, three. Uh, we are fully permitted to do that. It's going to take uh, just a few million dollars of CapEx to expand our plant from 500 uh, to 1,000 tons a day. So by the full year 2023, we aim to be uh, doubling our production capacity in terms of uh, what we're experiencing right now. And then thirdly, and, and what I do think is the, the most important part of, of this company, is that we do think that we're sitting on an orogenic uh, gold mining camp uh, over here, which is very different than uh, the geologies that you would find uh, near our mine in, in Central America, uh, which tend to be uh, volcanic hosted epithermal deposits. Uh, this is a very young orogenic mesothermal system. And the reason why that becomes important is that these types of uh, deposits, these types of districts, these types of camps, it's actually unusual uh, to find them containing less than millions and millions of ounces of gold. And we are finding every bit of evidence uh, that this is a burgeoning uh, orogenic gold mining camp, finding very similar, extremely high-grade material across our property as far away uh, as 21 kilometers uh, from our mine. And frankly, the gold goes off our property in, in all directions, what is uh, soon to be a 200 square kilometer uh, land package that we, that we have right now. Okay. Um, what would you say your sort of biggest challenge um, has been in sort of getting the uh, initial mine up and running? Right. So the, the history of the company was, uh, for lack of a better word, a fraught. So I, I first got involved uh, with the predecessor of Mako, a company called Golden Rain, uh, back in 2014. Uh, we provided, and, and by we, I, I mean Wexford Capital and another uh, affiliated portfolio company called Marlin Gold, uh, made an investment into Golden Rain, which owned the San Albino asset, uh, to the point where it effectively rendered the, uh, the asset uneconomic. It was about a four and a half year process uh, for us to merge the two companies uh, Marlin and Golden Rain released that uh, that gross encumbrance uh, that, that I placed on it in 2014, and then really start taking a look at um, building this three-stage uh, business objective uh, from that point on. Uh, initially, I, I relinquished my role as, as management of the company to facilitate the merger, but then I subsequently uh, retook that role uh, very uh, very shortly thereafter, initially in early 2019 as interim CEO and then full-time CEO in August of 2019. And as soon as that happened, uh, we put the capital uh, into the company to start uh, building uh, the mine. Uh, we uh, raised uh, a total of US $40 million uh, in equity capital and $21.5 million in debt capital uh, over a, a series of tranches of investments during that year. And then a few months after I, I took over as uh, a CEO in 2019, lo and behold, we were building the mine uh, right in the middle of uh, the, the, global, the global pandemic. Uh, so certainly was an interesting exercise because effectively we were building this thing uh, via remote control. The, the borders of Nicaragua were effectively closed uh, from March of 2020 to, uh, to really August of 2020. And they really only started to, to normalize uh, this calendar year. Likewise, uh, we were hit by two unprecedented uh, storms in Nicaragua within a two-week period. Uh, we, were, we were hit by two hurricanes actually after the, uh, the, the official rainy season was, was over. In fact, they, they ran out of uh, English names for the storms last year. They, we, were, we were named uh, after Greek letters. So we got hit by major hurricane Eta and major hurricane Iota, also in the middle of, uh, uh, of construction again uh, after the, uh, the notional rainy season was supposed to, uh, to have ceased. 
even with all of that, even with that, that history and, and kind of a lot of things and twists and turns uh, that we were uh, that we were that were thrown at us, uh, we still managed to to build this project more or less uh, on budget. Uh, we I think we initially scoped this out, inclusive of of making the uh, the civil works adjustments to to eventually get this to a thousand tons a day for a budget of about thirty one million dollars. It came in at about thirty two and a half. I'm actually exceedingly pleased with uh, with how that uh, that was handled. Uh, given everything that was thrown at us in 2020, and then really from uh, from a delay perspective, it was really just about uh, a little less than two quarters of, of delay to get this this project uh, up and running. Uh, so we started processing the high grade in May. Uh, the ramp up uh, after that point in time was uh, was relatively smooth, and we declared commercial production uh, on uh, July 1st. But to all your listeners out there. Mining ain't easy, so there's a lot of a lot of unknowns that you can't really plan for, and it's very important to have um, a uh, a good team that can solve problems in in real time because you never know what you're going to get in this business. Yeah, um, obviously with COVID, and you mentioned those two storms. What challenges did you actually have, and how did you how did you obviously during those times? How did you bring the project in? Just slightly over budget, and obviously with the timeframes as well. What what kind of what kind of things did you have to actually change that you didn't expect to change because of the hurricanes and because of obviously COVID? The, the absolute uh, biggest thing was being able to um, to to really work with our, our our local contractors, who frankly never worked on uh, on a hard rock uh, mine before. Uh, in fact, our, our main mining contractor. His business was really owning and operating um, uh, a small uh, construction outfit in, in the town of El Hickero by our mine, and then operated the the one and only gas station in in, in the town. So really, from from scratch, really in, in early 2019, uh, we were able to uh, to help him build uh, the business to show him how we were going to to operate, uh, how these these very specialized uh, levels of uh, of construction uh, would work. Uh, not only our mining contractor, but our, our other support contractors over there. So when we we effectively had to uh, 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 I don't want to use the word abandoned, but we really did have to to, to recall all of our expat employees who are, are mostly um, uh, Mexican and, and American, uh, a total of about 13 of them. Uh, they were unable to get to site in, in any capacity from, from March in 2018. Uh, so while we were able to have... Um, uh, effective eyes on the ground with our with our contractors. We, we had plenty of uh, of, uh, of of real time video in terms of watching what was going on. It is not the same thing as being there to to manage the operations. We really would not have been able to uh, to keep everything together if it wasn't for the fact that our, our local contractors really stepped up to the plate and did, uh, frankly, a tremendous job in terms of where where they were coming from in 2019 in, in a year time frame for them to have been ramped up and and had the, the the capacity and capability and uh and how they were able to to effectively uh make make go into uh into the success that it was um can you give us an overview and a sort of impression of what mining is like in uh, Nicaragua and also I suppose within the local jurisdiction that you're working in sure uh, I would say uh, Pretty, pretty universally, um, the government is uh, supportive of, of mining, particularly uh, gold mining. Uh, depending on, on the day of the week, uh, gold is either the, the first or second uh, largest export uh, within, within the country. Nicaragua is a fairly small country. Um, I think it only has about, uh, about a 15 or $16 billion uh, GDP associated with it. 
Uh, so it doesn't take large uh, enterprises to really move the needle in terms of what's important. And then the, the government really, since I've been personally involved starting in 2014, has been universally supportive of, uh, of building their, their mining uh, industry. So we are the, the, the fourth, what I would consider to be commercial mine uh, that's up and running uh, in Nicaragua, it's actually the first one that has been built from scr- scratch, inclusive of, of building the uh, the plant since the uh, since the nineties. Uh, a very important um, uh, economic contributor uh, to the country. Likewise, it's also uh, an important political um, component to the um, uh, to the government. So the the history of our mine is that the last time that it was. Uh, uh, com- "Quote unquote commercialized was in 1926. A U.S. businessman tried to um, to start it up. His name was Charles Butters, and then his accountant and general manager um, wound up hijacking the mine, stealing the gold, and used it to fund the original Nicaraguan Revolution against the uh, the U.S. Marine occupation in, in the 19 uh, mid 1920s. Uh, his name was uh, uh, Augusto Sandino. So, in the namesake of the Sandinistas, which is the the dominant political party." Uh, in Nicaragua, the namesake of the uh, the, the FSLN party, which uh, fought uh, a pretty extensive civil war in the late 1970s, was actually named after our former general manager uh, and uh, an accountant uh, from uh, from the start of the revolution in the the uh, the late 1920s. Um, so anytime that you go down to Nicaragua, you're in the airport, you see this this beautiful portrait of uh, this iconic portrait of Sandino with his uh, with his hat. Uh, outside the mine, you see this big statue of, uh, of Sandino. So it's very important um, politically within Nicaragua to get this uh, this operation up and running. It's uh, it's it's a it's a moment of pride uh, for the entirety of the country. I was actually down in Nicaragua uh, last week, uh, both to visit the mine. I also accepted uh, my award of uh, being the 2021 uh, Mining Entrepreneur of the Year. So I was very proud to to accept that on behalf of all. Uh, of the the Mako team over there, and you can really tell that everybody is very excited, no matter what your your political background is in uh, in Nicaragua, to get this uh, this this mine up and running to both contribute to the, the economy in Nicaragua as, as well as the uh, as the social pride of the of the country. Congratulations on the uh, on the wall for you and your team. All right, thank you. I appreciate it. Um, what do you have to do to sort of ramp up the mine to to sort of the scale that you want the the mine to uh, to get to? Sure. So there's there's two aspects of uh, of ramp up, right? So there, there's the the teething issues of getting this up to 500 tons per day, and then there's the the expansion to a thousand tons a day that uh, that we're we're about a year away from from pulling the trigger on. Uh, so we we were effectively done with the capex of the project in uh, in the end of March. So like. Almost the, to the, the exact uh, uh, the last day of the, the quarter, we effectively finished the capex of the mine. But we had some pretty serious uh, teething issues uh, in in April and early May, uh, where the two main components of our of our plants, uh, the gravity circuit, uh, and then the carbon in, in leach circuit, effectively could not. Uh, Produce gold, right? For for a variety of of mechanical issues that we needed to resolve, uh, so that was uh, initially resolved uh, the first week of May. Uh, we were able to start putting the the high grade through uh, on May twelfth, uh, and then we got the the mine up to what we consider to be about seventy five percent of capacity, uh, which was our our threshold for declaration of commercial production. Um, really, at the end of June, so we declared commercial production. Uh, July first, there are still some teething issues that we needed to address that that are that are frankly uh, now done, uh, but uh, that happened over the course of uh, of this uh, this quarter Q four. Uh, some of those were related to specific things that were going on 
um, in Nicaragua, and then then some uh, related to, to choices that that frankly I I made. So the, the specific things to to our our plant in, in Nicaragua, we had a a great deal of emigration uh, starting in uh, in in June, where it was really a, a once in a lifetime opportunity for for a lot of people to make the move to the United States. Um, we had uh, unprecedented demand demand for uh, for what what is essentially um, lower skilled uh, type uh, type jobs in the United States paying really a, a once in a generation uh, levels of wages. So there's a huge incentive for for people to to, to make the move. So we we actually uh, lost eight or nine uh, people to, to emigration uh, during that time. Um, COVID was, uh, was 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 really ravaging uh, Nicaragua during that time frame as well. So there was uh, was quite a, a bit of labor that was on the sidelines uh, during Q3. Uh, there were a couple of mechanical issues that we needed to uh, to to address, which is which is normal for for any startup. Uh, so with all of those, we were operating uh, Q3, our first uh, quarter of commercial production, at uh, 429 uh, tons per day on a, on a notional basis. Uh, but uh, only 85% availability, uh, especially that 85% number that's lower than where uh, where it should be. You multiply those two numbers together, you get about 73% of 500 ton per day uh, nameplate capacity. The 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 last remaining thing now la- the labor uh, issues were, were addressed uh, simply by, by by raising sa- salaries at the, um, uh, at the at the the worker and operator level pretty uh, pretty dramatically starting in, in July, uh, and uh, attrition has has essentially stopped uh, since that. Uh, since that has uh, happened, and then the the really next big uh, thing that we needed to address is the the replenishment of spare parts, right? So this was actually a choice that, that we made. We were, we were definitely tight on capital, uh, especially during those serious teething issues in uh, in April and early May. Um, and if the the plant goes down and you don't have a spare part, and you're caught in this logistics nightmare where it takes what normally would take. 72 hours to get a part uh, shipped to your mind can take three, four, five weeks. It really wears on you, and you have to be very strategic on on how you can make uh, on-site repairs and things like that. Now we finally are, I would say, 90% done with our spare parts uh, replenishment uh, program for the quarter. And you can see if uh, for whatever reason we have, let's say, a plate goes down for uh, for our tailing express. Well, it, it, before it would be a pretty extensive process. Uh, to get that thing back online, now we can we can fix it in forty five minutes. So a lot of these things uh, come into play that that allows us to to operate this uh, effectively at nameplate to get to five hundred tons per day, inclusive of availability factors. And and we're we're essentially there uh, right now at the beginning of uh, of December. Now the thousand ton a day um, uh, increase, we actually made a lot of uh, of civil works uh, decisions uh, during construction that the the upgrades to a thousand tons a day is actually not a big uh, uh, extensive uh, process. So we've laid all of the uh, the foundation works for an additional series of carbon and, and leach tanks. So we use five right now, but if you take a look at our mine, there's five uh, circles right next to it, which are the foundations for those uh, those next uh, five leach tanks. Our crusher was designed for 1,500 ton per day uh, capacity. We have two 500 ton per day uh, mills that are we're actually using the the, the second uh, mill, so we made the, the the transition from the first to the second over the course of the last couple of weeks. So there's going to be some improvements that we need to to make. We'll have to to uh, buy another uh, um, 
uh, gravity uh, 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 Nelson concentrator. Uh, we'll have to build those five carbon leach tanks. We'll probably have to increase our uh, generator capacity by by sixty or seventy percent to operate uh, at that level. But the and we'll probably have to increase our our, our filter press uh, capacity as as well. You add up everything over there. It's it's about a four and a half million dollar capex to do it. And then we're going to make that decision to to build uh, as soon as we actually have line of sight and being able to feed the mill directly from our mine at a thousand tons a day pretty consistently. And we expect to be at that point by the uh, the very end of next year. Okay. Um, in terms of like skill levels within within country, um, obviously operators can probably be trained up on site. But what about, for instance, uh, like mine engineers, geologists? What's the skill level like in country and where do they generally get educated? I mean, is there a college or university that educate mining mining people to gain qualifications or do they have to go outside the country to, to obtain those qualifications? Sure. We, so we, we certainly supplement a, a lot from our, our expat uh, group at the, at the senior level for, for mine engineers, um, our, our, our geologists uh, uh, as, as well. But likewise, uh, our, one of our most senior geologists was a was one of our first tires, even, even prior to Mako being Mako. I think he's been been on the job now 10 years. He was he was hired directly out of undergraduate from the, the University of Managua. And he's turned he's fantastic, like obviously being um, having a uh being at the at the site uh for 10 years it's not not only what you learn in school but actually what you kind of pick up just uh just intuitively about how our, our geology works uh so uh, i've been impressed with the um uh, the quality of uh of labor certainly from a from a work ethic perspective it, it it's amazing i mean uh nicaraguan is um uh, community and cultures is one of um nose to the grindstone, get things done. It, it really is a pleasure to, to, to work with our uh, with our people. Uh, to put in perspective for your listeners, uh, we run inclusive of contractors. Uh, we currently have uh, around 430 um, employees and, and contractors across Mako. Uh, high 300s of, uh, of them are, are Nicaraguan heads. Okay. Um- Exploration. Um, obviously, you, you, you're getting involved in some exploration. Just wonder if you can just highlight exactly what you're you're doing on the exploration space. Sure. So we currently have uh, four rigs uh, turning uh, at site, and and just for, for your, your listeners' benefit, they're they're really just like we have three uh, three stages of our business plan. Each one of those stages uh, has a component of, of exploration to it. So there's the, the San Albino proper. Uh, so one of the most controversial aspects of, uh, of Mako mining is when we redid uh, the, the Golden Rain resource. Uh, Golden Rain put out a, an initial resource in 2012, minor adjustments to, to that, uh, a, a supplemental one in 2015, which at the end of the day, I've seen a lot of worse resources that were done in, in this industry, but it was certainly a resource that was done to, to promote the stock as opposed to building a, a mine. We see this time and time again. It's one of the, I, I used to be on the investor side. I, I think 90% of the, the technical work that's done in this industry is there to, to frankly trick investors. Uh, we do not, we do not function in that capacity. We need, when we put out technical data, uh, we need, it needs to make sense. It needs to, to reconcile. We need to build a business around because really the, the objective of Mako is not to, it's not to hawk this, uh, this asset and, and hopefully we can find a, a greater fool to buy it. We really Really are our miners over here. So the only ones that we're going to be fooling is, is, is fooling ourselves if we did that. 
Uh, so we did have to redo the, the resource uh, from scratch. The geological model is the foundations uh, to that. Initially, it was from a 35,000 meter infill program that we did over uh, at San Albino. And then we hired what, what I truly believe or uh, I, and I'm not the only one that said that I truly believe is the, the best person in the industry to do uh, to real to do real high quality uh, resource estimation. And that's uh, that's Steve Ristroselli from from Mine Development Associates over at Reno, Nevada. He's actually since retired, but he still likes us so much that he, he's willing to work with us uh, in retirement uh, at this point. So that resource that we put out and what made us controversial is that we were comfortable with the data. At, it wasn't even 100% endorsed, 150% endorsed what, what went out on that resource uh, in, in October of 2020. But we, we told the market is that this was the area of the deposit that we were comfortable with. It's completely open in, in all directions. The entirety of it was 270,000 ounces. And that was taking it down from what at one point was a 900,000 ounce uh, resource that, that Golden Rain put out in 2012 and 2008. And 15. So what we're doing right now, specifically within San Albino, is that we have two of our, our four rigs. One of them is associated with uh, the northeastern extension of, uh, of San Albino, which basically we had to like put a put a stop to the, the data. We needed to get that, that resource out, but it was completely open, uh, a long strike to the northeast. We've now picked up another concession to the northeast where we now have space to, to even push it further. And the stuff that we're finding now, it's, it's pretty extraordinary. Uh, some of the grades that we're finding in areas outside of our resource. Likewise, there was an area directly abutting San Albino to the southwest called the, the, the Southwest Pit, where we had a bunch of high-grade hits from 2011 to 2019, we just could not make heads or tails of how those high-grade hits fit together. So we took a big black Sharpie to the resource, only delineated 450 ounces of a shallow pit in the Southwest zone, even though there were plenty of hits from the exploration side, because we did not have a good handle on the, uh, on, the, on the geological model. Lo and behold, now that we're doing an info program with that second rig, we've got the geological model down. That's going to be a material increase, the San Albino deposit. We then have another two rigs to Las Conchitas. So firstly, um, uh, we're, we're kind of extending some of the zones of the more advanced of the, uh, of the seven targets that we have over Las, Las Conchitas is an area about uh, three and a half times the size of what we have over at San Albino. So we have one rig that's focused on the extensions over there, and then one rig that has a dual function. Uh, one is looking at the northern part of Las Conchitas, the closest part to San Albino, as well as doing some condemnation drilling, because we're going to have to enlarge our, our waste dump. We're going to be bringing Las Conchitas into the fold as well at the uh, the end of next year. We've had we have another two additional rigs that are scheduled to come at site. They frankly should have been there about two months ago, but they got caught up in this global logistics uh, uh, fiasco that we've gone through in the last uh, six months or so. They're scheduled to to arrive prior to the the holidays. They're going to be turning. Uh, sometime in the middle of uh, of January, and then we have the the regional stuff and. This is the first. I was down in Nicaragua this week. This is the first time that I was actually able to set foot on uh, La Segoviana. Uh, we should be getting drilling permits on that imminently. Uh, we, we received drilling permits on, on Puerto Rios, uh, directly to the northeast of San Albino and directly to the southwest of La Segoviana a couple of weeks ago. Uh, so uh, everything's approved. We're just waiting for, for a stamp from the government to get that on. But I was like looking at some of the, uh, the small scale mining over at La Segoviana, and it is 
it is amazing what is actually on site right now. Uh, and it, it has all the potential in the world to not only be uh, of similar size of Santa Lina, but to be multiples of, of what we have over there. And the fact that we actually have uh, this size of concessions, uh, which will be approaching 200 square kilometers when we get our, our fifth concession granted to us uh, in pretty short order. Um, we, we do have, uh, in, in our minds, a mining district where all of these regional opportunities are not pie in the sky, greenfields exploration work. These are areas that just walking the property without putting a single drill hole in, you could point to and saying that is going to be a mine within the next three years. And I can say that quite, quite clearly that it's not going to take that much time to turn those expiration, greenfields expiration ounces, greenfields expiration ounces situated as far away from the mine as 21 kilometers and bring that into a situation of cash flow within the next three years. As a conclusion, um, just wanted to give us an overview of what's going to be happening over the next sort of 12 to 18 months. It, obviously, from what you've said, there seems to be a, a lot of activity. Um, I just wanted to can summarize what the next 12 to 18 months is going to look like. Yeah, sure. So at the beginning of each year, I set up the, the goals for, for the year, uh, 2000. And I set up the goals for, for early 2020. I wasn't quite expecting a pandemic over there. There was a couple of changes over in 2021. It was actually clear. It was to commercialize the mine and actually start doing the, the exploration work that we had on our, our regional opportunities. 2022, it, it's clear, obviously, now that the mine is in, in ramp up mode, it's to use that cash flow to, to go and uh, prove out Las Conchitas so we can be mining it by the end of next year. and. I could say right now, we are going to make a discovery at one of the, the regional opportunities that we have at some time in the, in the year 2022. That's great. Really appreciate your time, Akiba. Um, wish you all the well in luck and maybe come on, maybe come on to the podcast sort of like, uh, sometime next year, later next year, and uh, give us an update. Um, and obviously wish you well in your, in your success. If our audience wants to reach out to you, if they've got any questions that they want to ask, um, how can they go about doing that across any social media platforms? Sure. I'm pretty active on uh, on Twitter under uh, my my name, Akiba Leesman. I think I'm the the only one in the the universe, not just uh, Twitter <laughs> with uh, with that name. So it should be easy easy to find. And likewise, you can uh, you can email me at uh, aleesman at uh, makeominingcorp.com uh, as well. Visit our yeah. website. No worries. We can include those in the in the show notes anyway. Mm -hmm. So um, really appreciate your time. Appreciate you giving us uh, an update on uh, Mako. Um, and obviously tell us a little bit about Nicaragua and obviously the mining. mining. And it seems, uh, it seems you're like the superstars there that everyone seems to sort of know you. And, and congratulations on the world. And um, appreciate you giving us a, an overview of um, mining in the country. Um, I, I don't think we've had anyone... That's uh, on the podcast that's even spoke about Nicaragua. So, um, yeah, really appreciate your time. No, absolutely. I appreciate it as well. No worries. Um, I hope you, hope you enjoyed listening to, uh, listening to um, the episode. Um, appreciate if you can share, share this amongst friends and family within the mining community. Um, if you're watching on the YouTube channel, appreciate if you can uh, like and share share this episode so it gets out to all all corners of the world. Um, and obviously, these we do these podcasts to educate our the mining industry. And this is a pure example of a of a, a mining company working in a jurisdiction that probably not many people often talk about. Um, and obviously, we wish um, we wish everyone um, success in the Mako uh, team. 
Um, so yeah, appreciate if you can share and like I said, like these episodes. So until next time, happy mining. Thank you for listening. Remember to reach out to Rob via the show notes and be sure to subscribe and leave a review. Until next time, happy mining, helping each other to improve the mining industry.